This is Randy Wimmer and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off Podcast. Today's topic is creating a business intelligence base. Business intelligence is a crucial component to account plan development, which we discussed during the last podcast. It's also extremely helpful in the development of your pipeline and performing capture management. Throughout my Government Contracting Academy program, I frequently state research and relationships. So let's talk about the relationship piece here. How do you establish relationships with meaningful contacts within your target market? The first place that I'd start is visiting the small business office for each of your target organizations in the federal government. The government is very good at posting this information on the internet. For example, a simple Google search for list of DOD small business offices will lead to page after page after page of websites that comprise lists of small business offices. These various lists will either provide you with a link to the small business office webpage or the contact information to the small business officer or their liaison officer. You will want to schedule a meeting with these folks as soon as possible. But before you do that, make sure that you register your company on their organization's online registration database. They'll ask you that before they'll even book an appointment with you. Be sure that you bring your business cards, a five-slide capability brief, and a single-page capability statement. These are the standard items that they always ask for. The most important things to include on these things are your company's NAICS codes, your set-aside status, your clearance level if you have one, and any differentiators like ISO 9001 certification. Your information will be entered into a database, so slogans, statements regarding customer commitment and airbrushed images, and any other type of image um, or graphics you know, are completely useless. Once your company information is in the database, then it will occasionally be queried by the organization for targeted solicitations. However, this is almost always useless. My first company received three targeted solicitations. I was incredibly excited and immediately responded to the first one. So let's talk about what this targeted solicitation was. I had a contracting officer out of the blue pick up the phone and call me. I was in a parking garage. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And they said, oh, well, we were doing some research and it looks like your company would be an ideal fit for a requirement that we have coming out and we would love for you to bid on this effort. We're gonna send it to you right now and we'd like to have your feedback regarding uh, your decision if you're gonna bid on it or not. So I was so excited. I thought like, hey, they found me, they want me. Wow, that one-page capability statement must have been really good that I gave them. <laughs> what I did is I literally spent countless hours writing a proposal for an opportunity that I knew absolutely nothing about. And of course, I lost. I later learned that this was a racket that some organizations play. Here it is. The customer wants a specific small business vendor to win a contract but is unable to give them a sole source contract award for whatever reason. Most likely, they're probably not an 8A program company, and therefore, they are required to do a competitive solicitation. 
Therefore, the contracting officer identifies and convinces two additional, quote-unquote, technically viable bidders to bid on the work. Of course, the desired small business, the one that they really want, they have all the information and they easily win, as expected and as wanted. The organization passes the sniff test by ensuring that a minimum of three, quote-unquote, competitive bidders competed on the contract. Here's a good rule of thumb. If you receive a call from a contracting officer asking you to bid on an opportunity that you know absolutely nothing about, then they're looking for competitive losers. I recommend that you graciously decline their offer due to ongoing bid efforts. Remember, if a deal is too good to be true, then it almost certainly is. Now, so far I have provided not a single compelling reason why to meet with an agency small business office. I wanted to first illustrate that simply registering in an agency small business database will get you absolutely nothing. But here's the real value of meeting with small business offices. Some offices will give you a list of all program managers for the prime contract supporting their organization. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but consider this. Who do you think has the authority to give you a subcontract? The program manager who is 100% responsible for managing all aspects of their program or some corporate small business wonk hidden away in a corporate office? You got it. You just got an express pass through at least a half dozen gatekeepers to the one person who can give you a subcontract. Now, when I was a program manager, my name and contact information found its way on a similar list. My customer small business office asked me something like this. Do you want to help our organization's small business program by being listed on our program contractor list? Now, you know... What am I supposed to say to that? You know, that is such a loaded question. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to worry about my prime contract as a big business. Yeah, so you get stuck doing it. Now, I got a ton of solicitations from various small businesses because my name was on that list. And I actually entertained a few of them because I was desperate to get a few bodies that my other partners couldn't pony up. So it works. That's how you get good information. You get it from the program managers who are actually in the trenches supporting contracts with that organization. Now, other juicy bits of information that agency small business offices typically share are upcoming solicitations and industry days. Now, industry days are gold mines. An industry day is sponsored by the government organization to provide information regarding an upcoming major procurement. Attendees typically receive information that does not always make it into the request for proposal. Think of an industry day as an exam study session hosted by your college history professor. Typically, professors reward students who are willing to forego Thursday night parties to attend their study sessions with valuable tidbits of information to help them raise their grades. However, the best aspect of an industry day is that you get to meet business development folks from dozens of companies that are interested in bidding on this particular requirement. Simply stated, 
you get a chance to directly market to the people who will be selecting the small businesses to add to their bid teams. In many cases, this can be the gift that keeps on giving. Why? Because the IBM development folks attending a specific industry day at the Defense Logistics Agency are most likely the same folks who will be creating IBM bid teams for other logistics-related opportunities. Now, here comes the money tip. There's typically a sheet that they put out at industry events right in front of the door into the to the conference room or to the to the hall where everybody sits. What they want is they want you to put your name, your company, and your email because they offer to send you the slides and the information that they're presenting on the industry day. This is what you do. Be one of the last people to enter the hall and take a picture of that sign-in sheet. Now you have the names and the contact information for your targeted customer. That is just unbelievable, unbelievably valuable information to have. Finding and obtaining access to the quote-unquote real customer is hard to do in the federal government market space for two reasons. First, identifying the precise buying customer is a non-trivial task. The real financial decision maker in a large bureaucratic organization is not always the senior person in the org chart. I knew a GS-13 who controlled a $100 million budget, while the head of his organization, who was two rungs up the ladder, managed a budget that could barely cover a five-person staff. And even if you do find the person who really controls the purse strings, how do you get an audience with them? A company like IBM only has to pick up the phone and they can have an auditorium full of customers. Try doing that as a never heard of small business. Frequently, the best that you can do is to find current and previous employees who support your target organization and learn about your customers' needs secondhand. LinkedIn is an easy way to find people who support your target market. Using these methods, you should create literally hundreds of business intelligence leads in a short period of time. It won't be easy to do. It's going to take you a little bit of time and effort to do it, but it's very doable. It's very doable. The information's out there. All it takes is a little bit of hustle. So I hope this helps and I will talk to you during the next podcast.